Real quick before this episode starts, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Anchor. All right, guys, welcome back to the Monetize Podcast. Today we're here with Barrett, my good friend Barrett. You can introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Barrett Laughlin. Um, I like cars, <laughs> and I don't do much in my life. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so, Barrett, as you just mentioned, you like cars. You just recently fixed what kind of car? Uh, I have a 2010 Mini Cooper S. So was it a fix, like a project car, or was it just a Um, It, it started out as a daily car that I can just drive and go around with. For sure. I yeah. did want a project car, and this kind of turned into a project car. Okay. So, yeah. So what? when did you first get it? Um, I believe I got it in August, or later on in August, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to drive manual then, so it took me about a month to learn. Of last year, right? August last year, 2020? Um, yes, 2020. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't have really gotten it. Oh, it's manual. Year. It's a manual, yes. Interesting. Yeah, I have no clue how to drive a manual. <laughs> yeah, no. I I wanted a manual, so I got a manual. Right. And I didn't know how to drive it, so it took me about a month to learn, mm-hmm. going to my dad's and, you know, driving it for like an hour and then you know not um but i finally got a hang of it and i drove it pretty well we had to replace a few things here and there um but in december december 18th of 2020 i got a misfire in the car and i had to get it towed oh. to my dad's house and we had to work on it oh <laughs> so yeah so it turned That's into a project good. car yeah it turned into a project car so it was yeah. it was just bought as an everyday car for you to have yes so you didn't have to yes drive one of the parents cars or anything like that yeah i didn't want okay. to have to drive my mom's minivan right no, of course none of us do yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and so oh, it yeah. turned in it turned into a project car that you actually have enjoyed fixing up and it's almost done right yeah um it's it's pretty much done uh we're getting the ac reconnected and the uh, radiator flushed right now but okay so how long what does that process look like from let's say the misfire to now like what has been that project. so when i got the misfire i was leaving my house and my car just like started shaking weirdly it was like a like a it wasn't a bang but it, was, it, it just kind of urged forward and started shaking weirdly right so i pulled into like a kroger parking lot i don't know and i opened up the engine or i opened up the hood to see the engine and i checked my oil and it was like really really dark okay which is never a good sign right so I called my dad and we got it towed back to his place and we took the valve cover off which shows the camshafts and like the timing chain okay and we noticed that the timing chain was loose and that the the oil was just very very dark so we didn't want to have to like do a lot but it kind of turned into that yeah what we did was we took everything off we took the radiator off the intercooler the, the front end basically all off all of the pumps and valves and the chains and stuff. And we got to the point where we could replace the timing chain. But we were so far into it that we went ahead and just got so many new things. We uh, we cleaned the cylinder head, which needed it. Uh, we got new camshafts, which are racing camshafts. We got new water pumps, uh, fuel pumps, and oil pumps. Okay. Uh, different types of down tubes, or tubing, really. Um... That's not plastic anymore. It's silicone, so it'll it'll handle the heat better. Okay. And 
upgraded the blow-off valve, so now it sounds mean. And <laughs> got a radiator, a different uh, intercooler, and a few other things here and there. But we just finished it uh, last week, and we're just tinkering around a little bit, fixing things here and there. Yeah. That need to be... It's It still runs. It still drives completely fine. Right. But it needs to be worked and cleaned. Yeah. So... so- that's really cool. How much of that was you, like, how much of all of that upgrading and polishing of the car was you actually upgrading it yourself or, like, you putting it in mechanics and stuff like that? Oh, uh, we did everything. So how uh, do the you... only No, sorry. Go, keep going. The only thing that we've had to bring into the mechanic for is, like, the legal things. Like, right. the AC, apparently, yeah. you have to have that professionally checked. It's stupid. And uh, flushing like the tubes to get them like cleaned. So how do you, how do you learn to do that stuff? Like, do you have a friend that knows or a family member? Or like, is it so just, like, what's up? A lot of it is YouTube, but my right. dad also grew up working on cars. So he was there. Oh, okay. Helping me a lot. Um, but it was mainly YouTube cause he's never had a mini Cooper. Right. So it was just crap on YouTube videos. There was a guy in Atlanta, um, who has this company industry and it's the only place like in the world that has the parts that we needed in Atlanta. Crazy enough. And wow, that uh, is actually, so we, yeah, we took the good. cylinder head there and we got a crap ton of stuff done on it. And whenever we need like a part that would take like a week to order, we just called him up and asked if he had it and he usually did. And so he helped us a lot. So, yeah, it's great. So, okay. I know, when I, because I'm not that big of a car person, like knowing the ins and outs of how things work I mean, and what. That's that's one of the reasons I got a car so I can start learning it. Mm. And so when I open up like the hood of a car, right? Or let's say let's say you're you're looking at your first upgrade and you open up yep. the hood of the car. Where do you like? <laughs> how do I know where it goes? Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you what What's your process there? Like, what's your thought process? Because I open up something and I'm like, I have no idea how this actually functions, you know? Yeah. Like, what part goes to what and what functions, like, what helps this work and, like, what's that? What do you do there? What's that like? Um, it comes with learning cars. You start to learn types of wheels, which is a lot. You start to learn types of engines and the types of engine that goes in that kind of car brand and you start to learn that over time and you start to learn the different kind of mods that you can do to make your car better. Right. And where they go and, like, what they do. So, like, one thing that I got for Christmas was a cold air intake, which it gives cold air to the turbo and the engine mm-hmm. instead of just no normal air. It makes it very cool and cold. Right. And you basically – you, you kind of just know where it goes, but usually you look it up where it goes or how to install it, and that will teach you. Okay. Um, but it's really just a thing over time. So right, it's it's like you you put in this new part and now you kind of know you get a sense of how the whole process works, right? Of taking yes, something out yes. and putting this in. When I I I basically when I took the valve cover off to check the camshafts and I saw it, I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this is going to take a lot of work." And basically the entire the entirety of taking it apart completely taught me how to how an engine works. Right. So I already, it, like, it can I knew like I knew it, how it worked, but like to see like everything and how it works and right. what it does and how everything comes together and how everything yeah. kind of helps one another. Yeah. Yes. So 
I was just about to lead into that where maybe sometimes when you you're repairing something or you're upgrading something and to do that you have to take apart this and this and whatever move this all that kind of stuff right so yeah. then you know also how this other piece starts to work you know so through upgrading this one thing you've now figured out figured out how these other two things work work yes uh it's because it's in a small area right and usually to get to one thing you have to take so many other things off like i had to re-put the timing chain on four times and that involves taking everything off on the left side of the car mm -hmm. and it was it sucked yeah because the, the, it's, the it's hood good. of a car is extremely compressed especially on a mini cooper yeah yeah and the smaller the car right so that must be <laughs> terrible yeah it, it was it was a process we had to uh put the car on jack stands we didn't have four so we used the car's old tires to keep the backup oh, okay yeah and we used our shop jack to keep our engine from falling to the ground because we had to like disconnect the entire engine to get to the timing chain. Right. And it was a, it was a long process. Now, I don't know a lot about like the project car and like upgrading cars and stuff like that, right? But yeah. I assume there are some cars that are easier to have as a project car than others. Oh my gosh, like so many. Built, yes. Right. So would you say a Mini Cooper is a good kind of starting car maybe for like some I else? I would not. <laughs> Just because my only reason is because it's a it's a BMW or it's owned by BMW right. and it's from Europe and that means parts are expensive mm. and probably if hard you want to, a car hard to get hard to come by yeah. yeah if you want a car that you can easily work on and you know it's not as expensive and there's way more aftermarket support I would tell you to go with either the Mazda Miata mm -hmm. or the Honda Civic yeah I know I've heard a lot about Miatas just in general like it's, it's a my huge, favorite car yeah. And it's a big, just like, car person car, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's one of the biggest cars that a car person can own. Not biggest, but like the most popular. Right. I did a whole presentation on it, so I know like everything about it now. But <laughs> I plan on owning one after this Cooper, just because it's easy to work on and mm -hmm. they're not too expensive to find. So what do you think your hardest obstacle was while repairing this car or upgrading this car? The hardest obstacle... Well, in, in fixing a car and repairing a car, it's usually breaking off a bolt right? or dropping a bolt into the engine bay and not hearing it hit the ground <laughs> and you have to, like, find it. That's the worst. Um, okay. Or, like, when you're, like, tightening down a bolt and it slips and you, like, completely nearly break your finger off on, right. like, the chassis. But the hardest part of, like, what we did was having to get to the timing chain four times. Mm -hmm. That sucked. Hey guys, I'd like to thank Anchor for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain real quick. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's just everything you need to make a podcast with, all in one place. Go hop on over to the App Store and get the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks again. So you're, I, you're not the you know, probably most experienced person in this field. Right. Obviously, definitely there are not. That, yeah, no more than you and stuff like that. But yes. what would you, 
what's like something you'd recommend as like a first tip or a first like just a, a good piece of advice for a tr people trying to get into doing their own project car um a lot of research and get something that you think fits you mm -hmm. right don't don't go buy a really expensive car that has really expensive parts get something that you think would be good first starter car that you can drive as a daily car and not have to have multiple cars mm. and something that you think would be easy to work on and that won't break down on you all right, the time. Right, something that will function while you're upgrading it. It doesn't yes. just sit in your driveway until it's done. Yes. Okay. Yeah, great. Um, and I, yeah, I think a lot of the re a lot of the, the process of a, of a project car is research before you buy the project oh, of car. Course. <laughs> I, to figure that's out how what's I, actually most efficient. That's how I learned so much about cars is that I was always looking for a project car. Mm -hmm. And I'd see this thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks so cool. I'm going to start doing research on it. And so I just spent like a whole month researching that one car and learning about it. And then I'd find right. another car, research that car and learn about it. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah, that's – it's really – I really like – I think it's really cool that you did that with the mm -hmm. with the Mini Cooper. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're not even done. We still have a little bit yeah. to do, but – and eventually, you'll just move on to another car, right? Like, like you um, said, you'll get a Miata or whatever, and that be your. Well, so the plan is with this Cooper is make it to where we can go race it mm -hmm. in the racing areas around us. Right. But I plan to drive this thing until I can't anymore, or until we sell yeah, it, of course. or until it breaks down. Really. Yeah. Where so. it's not actually worth upgrading anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So. A few, I don't even know how long ago it was anymore, but October. I think it was, it was October. Yes. So I'll, I'll tell you my perspective. So Barrett did a charity stream. Yes. In, in October. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, cause we weren't talking for a little bit just cause I don't know. We just weren't playing games together. We weren't going yeah. to the same class. Like we just weren't in the same circle. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, we didn't communicate a lot just cause we weren't. And so I was on, I, I think I was in a call with one of my good friends and my, one of my cousins and we were playing games or whatever. And my cousin was like, this is Ryan. Ryan was like, Ryan was like, Hey, Barrett's live, like doing a charity stream. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I went on Twitch and you were running. What were you guys playing? Minecraft. Right. You guys beat Minecraft, didn't you? In one um, yeah, we beat Minecraft in one sitting. And then you wanted to play Among Us. And I joined you guys for Among yeah. Us for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to talk to you about this because I think it's really cool that this yeah. happened and that you did it. And my first question, I guess, is like, why? <laughs> like, what was the inspiration? Why did you do it? Because what charity was it for? Uh, cardiomyopathy. Okay. And what is – like, explain that a little bit. Okay. So really quick in this – the reason we did it is because mm – -hmm. Um, in 2019, uh, one of my close friends passed away oh. from cardiomyopathy. Okay. And I believe that was on the 20th. Mm -hmm. And so my one of my good friends came up with the idea of doing a charity stream for him. And so we were planning this charity stream for about six months until October 20th came around, and that's when we were going to do it. Right. So... We got the stream started. It was going to be 17 because he died 
at the age of 17, 17 yeah. hours long. And we were just going to raise as much money as we could, and we were going to donate it to this cardiomyopathy uh, charity. And so we didn't know what to play, so we just chose Minecraft because it's an easy option. Reliable. <laughs> okay, it's I reliable. Like it. I like it. I, I realize now that it probably wasn't the smartest choice because Minecraft can get a little boring after right. 17 hours. But it was an overall great day. We succeeded. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. we made over $750. Yeah. Which is absolutely bonkers. I don't even know. I mean, for kind of a... Happened. You know, because you see streamers with millions of followers do charity streams you know like dr mm -hmm. lupo does charity streams all the time yeah um and he raises you know tons of money but for somebody kind of that doesn't stream regularly for me doesn't, uh for me have and that the following people, yeah for me and the people who did it the most amount of followers that any of us had was 25 followers i didn't i had like seven right and my friend who was streaming for like six months beforehand to get ready for the stream, he gained 25 followers. And so we get on the stream. I, so I put on social media like crazy. Right. Uh, I told like my teachers about it. I told my friends about it, my friend's parents. Mm -hmm. I emailed people about it. I made sure the word was out that I was doing this because it was for charity, you know? Yeah, it's an important. I, I also had to skip school for it, so I had to let my teachers know. Oh, well. Um, yeah, no, I know. I skipped school. To charity stream, but yeah, it's it was it was crazy. I I never expected expected that we'd make that much money. Yeah, I know it's it's like it doesn't seem like a lot, you know. But you it gotta, doesn't seem like a lot. But for, for a group of people, yeah, like us, for the context, it's actually really interesting. Yeah, I remember the first hundred dollars we made was just. It was weird. It was, <laughs> you know, my friend gets out, donated a hundred dollars and he's freaking out. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I got donated a hundred dollars and I started freaking out. And he made a bet that if we made a hundred dollars, we'd have to eat the world's hottest chip. Have you done it yet? Yeah, no, we did okay. it in December or November. How um, was that? Really hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I put it in my mouth. I'm chewing it. I'm like, I shouldn't continue chewing it. So I swallow. I'm like, that was an even worse idea. <laughs> and mistake. so I was at my friend's house, right? Because we were doing it at his house. And they didn't have milk. So I, I run to my car and who I run to Kroger. Have, who doesn't have milk? I don't know. We weren't prepared. <laughs> so I run to Kroger with my mouth on fire. Also, breathing through a mask is the worst when your mouth oh, is on fire. Oh, no. Uh, I grab two gallons of milk. I pay for it real quick. And I run back to their house. I don't run, but I drive back to their house as fast as I can, and we have the milk. But that wow. the pain lasted for about three hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like spicy stuff, but I don't. <laughs> I don't like it's, that. It's like I don't know the uh, scale of spices or how spicy things are, but it was like really high up there. Yeah, like thousands and stuff. So just a few, just a second ago, you said you know you started planning kind of th six months prior, right? Yeah. What was the process of that, of planning that charity stream out? What was that like? Um, the process was we had a group chat, and it was a lot of it was getting the word out there, mm -hmm. reaching out to the charity, mm -hmm. um, reaching out to the uh, kids' parents to make sure it's okay that we do this. Yeah. Um, getting people involved, so asking if they'll come and be on the stream with us. and Right. And so it was a lot of – 
talking to people about it, making sure it's okay and getting the word out there. And then we kind of forgot that we're streaming and we have to play a game or do something on the stream. Oh, that was so about a week, the last thing about, you... about a week or two before we started the stream. It's like, wait, what are we going to play? <laughs> and so, yeah, my friend's just like, let's just play Minecraft. So we did. Yeah. And what? It's the C-Scoop challenge that we did to raise money. And uh, Do you know what the C-Scoop challenge no, is? No, I don't. I don't know what that is. It's to where you have this thing on like the top right of your screen. And it's like a dollar... You drop the item in your oh, hand. Oh, that's $2. right. I saw that. It's, it's all this money things. Oh, that's and right. I made the mistake of putting $20 as drop everything I have. <laughs> I made that mistake. I was, I had like some netherite on me. I had diamond on me. Like my full diamond, everything. I had every diamond on me. And my brother donates me $20 while he's at work somehow. <laughs> and I just, there's a clip of me on there. Just like so depressed. Just <laughs> Looking at my dropped items, waiting for them to despawn. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's for charity. <laughs> it's for charity. I'm like, I have to live with, you know it. Yeah. But yeah. And another thing that happened is I'm, I don't know if you know, I'm decently good at PvP. I played Minecraft for a long time. Right. And one of my things was like $25, which is go on an assassin spree. So you have to kill everyone on the server. <laughs> and... Everyone, like, I was playing just to have fun. Everyone was playing to beat the Ender Dragon, right? So they're all, like, one of them's full netherite. Um, everyone has diamond armor. Right. And I'm in this iron armor with iron weapons. And I go ham. I have hotkeys ready. I get ready for this. And I start a timer for, like, 30 minutes, I think. And one of the kids on the server was, like, like thousands of thousand blocks away from me. So I kill everyone in the area somehow, like full nether. I don't know how I did it. This guy had like a hundred dogs and I had to run away from the dogs. <laughs> then I pull up his stream and I'm like, I can find him. He needs to flash his cords real quick. And he knows this. So he doesn't flash his cords at all. So I just start running in a direction and it turns out I pass him and I didn't <laughs> see him, which pissed me off. And I, I just ended up dying and my killing spree was over. But Oh man, that was challenging. Hmm. I got so low there, but no, the charity stream was worth it. Oh, Definitely yeah. a good time. I'm doing. Me and my friends are doing another charity stream in October. That'll be 24 hours. Okay, cool. So, October of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Same day. I'll be there. <laughs> cool. Good. What are you guys playing then? Do you know yet? Um. Well, since it's 24 hours, we're gonna be playing a few different games. Right. Um, the main game will be Terraria because there's so much more content in that oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play that game for 24 hours. <laughs> you can play, yeah, exactly. But we're, we plan on playing a few different games. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no. It's Even though it's going to be 24 hours of pain. Is it going to be the same charity? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you are in Troop. Yes, guys. I'm in a troop. Are yes. you in a troop or are you? Of America. Okay. I am in three organi scouting organizations. So I'm in Boy Scouts, I'm in a crew, and I'm in a Sea Scouts. Okay. And you were talking to me about how every week you go and do what? Um, I go have a meeting with my leadership team because I run the troop. Mm -hmm. And I have to have a weekly meeting to get ready for the upcoming troop meeting. Okay. So... And so what does that meeting, you know, I don't know what you can and can't talk about. Like, I don't know what 
Uh, I don't really care. Um, um, but like, what what is what's that meeting like? Uh, we we basically go meet at Duncan at oh, six thirty. Sick. Yeah, it's a super chill meeting. We go meet at Duncan at six thirty, and they usually last like thirty minutes because we're good at our we're decently good at our jobs, and we it's just emailing people and you know make sure the true meeting's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that time is spent just talking about life, but then when we get started on the meeting, it's taking notes of what we need to talk about during the meeting and the announcements we need to make for an upcoming camp out or an upcoming like yeah climbing event i don't know and so and what no you, you go it's making sure everyone's prepared for the upcoming meeting and reaching out to the people who's going to lead the meeting or, or like right. present during the meeting and so what other what other responsibilities do you have as a leader of a troop uh well, I'm the SPO, which is Senior Patrol Leader. Okay. And that basically means I I watch and I, I learn about the troop. And I, I know who they are and I know they if they need help, I can step in. But it, my job is to overlook and have – I delegate oversee. a lot. And over – yeah, overlook and oversee to make sure the troop is running smoothly. If there's any problems, I can handle those. Um, if there's an upcoming event, I get that planned to pick a, a scout to run it. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to run any events except for the troop meetings. Right, because a, a big thing about scouting is is having different people run different events so they learn yes. those skills. Our, how to our troop is scout-led, which yeah. means all the scouts – we're trying to get a scout-led. It means all the scouts do the work, and the adults are just there for safety and supervision. Right. Yeah, that's what my troop was Um, I mean, that's basically all scouting, but – we're, we, over last year, it kind of fell through and it was a lot of adult planning mm-hmm. with COVID and yeah. safety issues. But I'm trying to get it back to where nothing is put on the calendar unless my team decides on it mm-hmm. or unless the kids want it. Mm-hmm. And we're getting that to that point where we can do that now That's great. and have kids volunteer to run for it and have them go through the process of learning how to run a, uh, a camping trip or it could be going up to i don't know colorado and skiing which has happened cool <laughs> yeah it, like big events like right. we're we're getting them ready to become future leaders exactly That's in in their about. life yeah so and so i imagine because you're in this position right of leading a whole scout troop that yes. you in your scouting career have planned events yourself yes of course. Yes. So my, the big thing that got me into the SPL position mm-hmm. was I had planned a trip to Florida. It was a deep sea fishing trip and I, I had planned everything. I had adult supervision and she helped me reach out to people, but I had a weekly meeting with her uh, about a month before, no, two to three months before it started, making sure everything's perfect. Everything's. Yeah. Or the people know we're going there. People know we're staying at this camping ground. People know we're going to be on this boat for a day. Just absolutely everything was done. And that's what really got me excited about the, the idea of being an SPL. Yeah. And so what is that? What is the process of planning a big trip like that like? Like from when, um, you, from when you get the word that you're going to be in charge of planning it to when you actually go? It starts with the the kids wanting to go on this trip. Right. So you the idea is formed. Right. You all decide that you'd all be interested in actually going. Yes. 
Um, so the idea is formed, and then we need a scout lead, and I volunteered because I wanted to see what it was like. Right. Have you had you ever and been so, a scout lead before this? Um. No. Okay. This was my first, and it was a big one too. Yeah. But I had gone through and wild. I I knew what I was doing, kind of. But it was my first time <laughs> actually doing it. Right. But uh, it started off with meeting with one of the scout moms of the troop who was who has done this trip before, has planned this trip, oh, okay. this, this kind of trip That's before. Good. Um, it started with meeting with her and picking a, a place where we want to stay and the activities we want to do. Yes. And it's like an outline then, together of the trip. An outline together, yes. Yeah. And it, then it moved on to making sure we have clearance to stay there, making sure that, I don't know, if water needs to be turned on for like bathing there mm-hmm. or... Um, food, food, food situations. If we have to bring our own food, or if we're gonna go out and get food, mm-hmm. there's the thing with we we toured a museum and making sure they know we're going and that we have clearance for that. Um, another big part of it was communication to the troop and letting them know it's happening now and having people sign up, which my troop's not too great at is communication, but making sure everyone's ready for it and that you have a packing list together and that the adults know that their kid is going because that has happened before. Right. And yeah, I, I, if I can intervene here just for a second. The yeah, amount of when I – so I've led – I led a couple of events of outings in my troop. And it's just awing to me how like teenagers and sometimes adults, but like mainly teenagers just don't know how to communicate. Oh my goodness. And it's really yeah. just <laughs> Once you're in a position of leadership, you realize how much it sucks. Right. And yeah. then you know how to communicate better with with a leader also. Yes, you know what I mean? When of course. somebody else is leading, you know what your responsibility is better. Mhm. Um so yeah, continue please. Yeah. Um It was just making sure everything happened smoothly. Yeah. Uh we had to reach out to a fishing program that took us out into the sea mm-hmm. and we would do deep sea fishing. That fell through last minute because of a storm. Oh. So we had to like, like we took an hour and we just went in like crazy mode and we got, we got dinner reservations at a restaurant and we went to like a little town and we walked around the town. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked out, but we didn't actually do the deep sea fishing part of our trip, which yeah. sucked, but we did go fishing and we had some fun, but Right. How so I was in a smaller troop. How big was your troop? Um my troop when I planned this mm-hmm. was 52 people. Wow. How many people went? Um I think only 20 people came, still- including adults. Still a lot. <laughs> still a lot. But- yeah. Yeah, cuz in my troop we didn't need to do a lot of um like if because a lot of times we did uh Boy Scout outings where we went to like uh yeah. like Cubberies and Spooky Rees and stuff like that. Spooky Rees, dude. Oh yeah, God. and managed all of those things or helped yeah. manage uh like some events there and activities. Mm-hmm. But when we went on non Boy Scout outings, we didn't because there was like relatively not a lot of us, you know. Uh, we didn't need yeah. There are some obviously extra steps that you took that we didn't have to take because we didn't have as many yeah. people, and I think that's really interesting. 
uh, of how that how that can affect your planning is the number of yeah. people. What is what's the biggest outing your troop had? Like That's amount, had amount of people. Do you know? Oh, the biggest outing our troop has had. Um, probably camperies or summer okay. camps. Campery. We're we're actually having a campery this March, mm-hmm. but it with this campery we're running it. My troop is running it, which means a lot of communication and yeah. doing all this work. But uh, we're trying to get the entire troop to come because it's going to be a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, we are having having the stealth hap the staff help us. Uh, I know you know Woodruff. Yeah, amazing. Uh, it'll be there. It's amazing. I love Woodruff. Nice. Uh, it'll be there, and we're gonna have the staff help us a little bit. And I think food will be taken care of on a few days, but it's it's going to be a big event because what uh, the campery is going to be statewide and even out of statewide. Oh, okay. And our troop is running it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people. <laughs> so it's, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people there. So, all right. So tell me more about your general role, like from meeting to meeting, event to event, stuff like that. Like what you do in that leadership role um well there's a lot of emails lots and lots of emails because <laughs> i have to be on i've since i'm the the leader of the troop i have to be on every pretty much every email concerning an event mm-hmm. or any event it could be a patrol event it could be a big event it could be literally going to have lunch somewhere any event i have to be on that email so there's lots of emails i have to read which gets tiring yeah um i wake up to emails that sucks but whatever uh, sending emails is a big one. I have to send emails to all of my leadership team and the committee. And I've had to send emails to, like, committees I don't even know, which is which was very strange to me. A little bit awkward. Very. It was it was kind of awkward. Yeah. Uh, this this kid reaching out to a a troop who's like three hours away. Mm. Um, it was kind of strange, but it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> crazy. Um. And so, and so, what yeah, is your what does your day look like with that? With scouting? Yeah, like where you wake up, you have all these emails you have to catch up on, all these emails you have to send. Like, so what's your, what's your schedule like? My day looks like I wake up, I turn on my phone, and I see that I have like eight emails right. that I have to read from different people. And so I'll get ready, I'll get dressed. Uh, I don't eat breakfast immediately, so I'll, I'll sit on my couch and I'll read my emails. And and if someone has a question, I have to respond to that email and answer the question. Or if it's something bigger, like planning an event, I usually wait to respond. Mm-hmm. So I can have like a fresh brain instead of the morning brain. Yeah. Um. So I usually, I read my emails, I get ready, um, do any extra homework I need to do. Usually while I'm at school or I'm out. I'm doing something. I'll get some emails about leadership, or I'll I'll get texts about it, um, which is kind of strange. It's usually emailing. Texts aren't really there. Usually the texts are for my Eagle Scout because okay. I'm I'm also a Boy Scout. I'm not just running the troop. I'm working right. on the Eagle Scout right now, which is the first thing. The first time someone has been working on the Eagle Scout and has been SPL is me, oh, which really? I don't like. Because it's a lot, a lot of work. Right. I have to balance working on Eagle Scout, which is a crap ton of work already, and running my troop. Yeah. So that's that sucks, but it's not so hard. Um, 
I have to go to every event our troop has. So right, every meeting, like, every every meeting, every event. Yeah. If I'm sick, I don't go, but otherwise I can't just skip it because I don't want to. Because I have to make sure the troop is running smoothly. Exactly. And if I can't go, I have my assistant uh, senior patrol leaders who can fill in for me. Mm-hmm. But it's just a lot of emails. And then when I'm at the troop, I get I get asked a crap ton of questions about what's happening with like the next event right. or like what are we doing next meeting or what game are we going to play this meeting? It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of the same questions when I'm at the meeting, but right. with the emails, it's everything's different with the emails unless it's like a like concerning an event. Okay. So it's so. a lot of just uh especially with the meetings there's a lot of just no know, knowing what's going on yeah <laughs> right in that's general. that's the main part knowing what's going on which i'm not too good at <laughs> and yeah knowing what's going on and making sure the the meeting runs smoothly right. like there have been instances where the people who run the meeting don't know that so me and my leadership team have to come up with something to lead mm-hmm. which isn't too hard because we're older scouts and we know a, a good amount about what we're doing but it's a little frustrating because when I send an email, I would like them for them to read it or just let me know that they've seen it. Yeah. Because the, the parents are involved, too, in the email. It's just – it's YPT, Youth Protection. Yeah. And it just is a little frustrating. So I've gotten to the habit of calling them and making sure they know what's happening because usually when they hear the voice, it trips their brain into thinking, oh, it's my turn to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. So you just said earlier, right, with your with your um I'm blank schedule of the day, right? How you schedule your yeah. day and stuff like that. How do you manage your day? Like how do you manage what you have to do in a day? You know, like to do lists oh, like that with your emails, your um, work, your schedule. So I really need to figure out a new process, but it's just using my brain and yeah, remembering. It's all, it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am trying to get like something to put on my wall that I can write on. Yeah. Or like keep a notebook in my pocket to make mm-hmm. sure I I can write it down and check it. Yeah. But I am not proud to say I'm very good at procrastinating. <laughs> um usually my homework is turned on last minute. Mm-hmm. And that's cuz I'm doing scout stuff or my own thing. And uh, I still get positive feedback for being SPL cuz I I do a lot of reviewing and I do a lot of um when when I wasn't SPL when I was just a scout I would always pay attention to the SPL and try to do what he does and like live by the scout oath and law like he did and so that pretty much got me to where I could be an SPL Mm -hmm. and so now I look at that and I use those skills to go about my daily life even though being prepared is the scout motto and I'm usually not prepared (laughs) so you do your best I do my best. I, I'm, I'm a teenager. I can, I can, I can work on it. All right. There's always something you have to work on. Oh yeah. And you mentioned to me, kind of, well, on a completely different topic. You mentioned to me a few days ago that you wanted to get into your own podcast with one of your friends. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. And tell me, what did you tell me that? Like, tell me a little bit more, more about that. Your idea for the podcast and stuff. Okay. So I was hanging out 
with my friend Orion, and he's always wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. And so we're hanging out, and he just looks at me, and he's like, we should do a podcast. I'm like, of course. I would love to do that. <laughs> and so he looks at me, and he's thinking, and he's like, the podcast will be about us two, like, interviewing or getting interviewed or taught about something we don't know about. Yeah. So we reach out to people who, like, who we know and who we don't know, and they we don't know what their job is, or like we know their job, but we don't know what How their, their job, job does. Works and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if we get a science professor or like someone who works in a lab, we have them on the podcast, and they explain to us what their job does and what it, how it helps, right. and what they do, and and there's so many different careers that can be like explained. Right. So it's personally. If I had had this podcast to listen to, I listen to it all the time because I love learning new things. Right. And so being on this podcast would be so cool because one, my friend wants to do it. And two, it's a it's a thing that can happen. It's not hard to plan. Right. And it's a whole Because I have experience. a lot of connections. It's, a, it's just a whole learning experience. And yeah. it'll give me ideas of what I want to do after high school. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's pretty interesting. I think I think it pops in when you go to college and you have to pick your major. Yeah. When you realize how many things there are. Like how many oh, things yeah. you can have, how many careers oh, there are yeah. and how much because right, we look at we almost look at careers like there's a lawyer, there's a doctor, there's a teacher, you know, there's I don't know, a a, a shop clerk, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Accountants and stuff, but you don't understand yeah. how you I don't think people fully understand and I don't even how like under a lawyer there's this there's this this section kind of, of law and this section of law. Yeah. This kind of lawyer like a litigator. You're not just a lawyer, you're exactly. a specific and, kind of lawyer. And with a doctor there's this and this and this and this and for that you need this degree and for that you need this and blah blah blah, yeah. blah right? Yes. And so when you actually it's just when you actually realize that. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's, so, it's, it's a lot of pressure in right. choosing what you're going to do for the rest of your exactly, life. Exactly, because you have this, you have this, I mean, essentially piece of paper full of, basically a list full of all of these options. Yes. And So the idea with a podcast is to show people or the listeners what they do, what their job is, right. what they do as their daily um what they do on like a daily and what their job is like and the experiences they had to go through to get to that exactly. per, like position. Yeah. It'll be a whole like kind of, it'll be just a new experience and yeah. a discovery of something new. And it, it helps people figure out if they're interested in that career. Yeah. You know, exactly. Cause you know, there'll be some, there'll be some episodes that like one listener liked this episode and found it interesting and it was like i don't know somebody that designed shoes mm -hmm. but then you bring on a biologist and that same listener is like i have no <laughs> i have no interest in listening yeah. to this <laughs> yeah you know and so it's it's interesting because you have almost a different niche every episode mm -hmm. and it draws new people yeah like personally me i'm really interested in racing and aerodynamics and like mechanical engineering Mm -hmm. Um, so 
I know some people who could be on the podcast who could explain what it's like to be on a racing team. Yeah. You know? And I, I would think that would be fascinating. Right. Uh, I also know people who are doctors or, like, I know a vet. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many different kind of jobs. Yeah. That can be taught to us and can open me and his range of learning and like decisions. Right. You have a really good social circle of different yes. people from different places that do different things. Yes. And that's just super useful. <laughs> that's scouting. <laughs> right. That's scouting is, yeah. is finding those people. Okay. Well, great. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking. I really appreciate you having me. Yes, yeah, it was great. I really, uh, I think that the fact that you have a project car and stuff like that is really cool. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I'm really happy to have one. Yeah, that you've dedicated time to that. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be happy to have you on after, before both your next charity stream. I think it'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's we've got a good eight months. Yeah. True. Uh, we had to talk to you about yeah. that and stuff. I think it'd be interesting. Um, and so yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks well, for coming out. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Of course.